0: We're so glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message from Bethel Worship Center. Uh, we pray that it blesses you wherever you are in your faith journey. Uh, we do want to let you know that we are open. Our campus is open. Uh, we invite you to go to bwccamden.com. Uh, you can find out everything that we're offering right now at this time and in this season. So make sure to, to, to go there and find the ways that you can stay up to date with everything happening at Bethel Worship Center. But again, uh, wherever you are in your faith journey... Whether you are um, exploring more about faith, learning who Jesus is, learning about God, uh, you're new in your walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, we pray that today's message blesses you, it encourages you, it equips you. So God bless you. Thank you again for taking part.
1: Next one, I want to I just reintroduce you to what we've been talking about over these last couple of weeks. So we jumped into this series just a couple of Sundays ago called Values, right? And we have been talking about what we believe is who we are as a church I said that these, these are things that, that, that represent, this is, this is who we are as Bethel This is what we've been for years But we're just kind of putting some statements to it And making some declarative statements of who we are at our core And still to come we're going to be looking at the fact that we are a church that wants to give with joy We are a church that, uh, that, that wants to serve with selflessness We're a church that wants to share our hope uh, with humility. the Two weeks ago, we looked at the fact that we are a church that wants to love with no conditions in the same way that Jesus did. We said last week, we want to be a church that grows together with hunger, the with passion for God's word, to grow in him, to be disciples of God is what we looked at and what we talked about. And so that's where I want to encourage you uh, uh, with this announcement Just coming up in a couple of weeks September 19th We're going to be doing some on-campus discipleship On Sunday nights for six weeks September 19th through the 24th KJ and Debbie Lewis are going to be leading a discussion Called Spiritual Warfare is Real uh, That uh, Many of you have already signed up to be a part of that They're going to keep that group to a certain size And it's almost there uh, So I'm going to be doing a study also uh, on uh, As well here in the auditorium So if you're not in that one Stay in that one if you're in that one, okay? Not that you want to come to mine anyway, but stay in that one. If you're not in one, I encourage you to come join me on September 19th, October 24th. And to be a part. Uh, and to to take it even deeper, I told you last week, uh, you could text the word disciple, just the word, D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E, to that number right there. Uh, same number, eight zero three six seven six seven five six six. Let me point this way because on the camera, I look weird when I'm pointing that way. So if I point this way, see? Alright, so six seven six seven five six six. Just text the word DISCIPLE And I'm going to start this week So get in there today I'm going to be starting sending out things for you To encourage you through the week And it will go along with what I will be talking about September 19th through the 24th So jump in And also, don't, don't want to forget this Again, I told you last week Starting small groups is easier than you think So we're doing a, 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 just an informative thing September 8th, right here on campus That's this Wednesday night starting at 6.30, We'll be in the gym, just to let you know how easy it is for you to start your own small group and then help you get that started, and you have a small group that you meet with uh, from people here in the church or your friends and family. Okay? Does that make sense? Well, today, we're jumping into another value that we say we want to be a church that worships with wonder. And I thought, if we're going to talk about worship with wonder, why not let our worship pastor bring this message to us. So will y'all welcome Pastor Brian as he comes and delivers his first message about the worship service. I'll
2: take that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Callender. All right. First off, if you would take out a piece of paper, pen, do it on your phone if you want to, And just write down in three words or less what you think worship is, okay? On a piece of paper, text in your phone, your iPad, just enter it in so you can. I've got my Siri activated here, so you can do that. If you're not going to do it, just look down your lap for a second so I think you are, okay? I asked um, Pastor Caleb. It's been a busy week, so I asked him to, you know how Pastor Javin sometimes will start a sermon with a, um, Um, a little video to kind of show you what's going to happen, what you expect to see. So this is what Pastor Caleb put together for me. That's not even funny. Well, I believe today has the potential of changing the way we see, the way we view our coming together for worship. Or it will prove Pastor Caleb to be prophetic, one of the two. But um, bear with me for one second. There it is. I met a person a few years ago that had a fear of space. I never heard of that before. This person couldn't watch Apollo 13. They couldn't think, they couldn't see pictures of space because it just freaked them out. And I get it. I don't don't have a fear of alligators, but I sure don't want to be around one of them. So I understand that. And that, that fear of space is called, when I get to it here, astrophobia. How many of you have ever heard of that? Astrophobia. You have? And no, Eric, it's not a, it's not a fear of animated dogs from outer, outer space. Astrophobia. You know, God created everything. All the vast expanses of, of earth to the very minute grain of sand, he created it. This is what we've seen as, as renderings of our solar system. And there should be a ninth one out there called Pluto. Pluto. That's why I was taught, but we, this is our solar system. And and until recently, we didn't even have any any images of our solar system. The Hubble Space Telescope was launched and we started getting some images back. And if you notice in in the center here, right in there, it says Venus, Mercury, Earth, and Mars are right there. It'll take us a year to get a man's spacecraft from here to Mars. And that's right there. So to get all the way out here, it took Voyager 2, which launched 41 years. Well, it took 41 years traveling at 300, i oh, was sorry, 35,000 miles per hour to get from earth to the outer stretches of our solar system. 41 years at 35,000 miles an hour. Think about how, how far that is. And this is the Milky Way. This is a rendering of the Milky Way because nobody's been where this picture would have been taken. Right there, this is a top view of the Milky Way. And right there is where our solar system sits. Now think about it, it takes a year to get from here to Mars and it's a little be, tiny speck in there. Our entire solar system fits in type inside that galaxy. If you look over here on the side, it says that from From top to bottom, I guess it'd be from one side to the other because we're looking at a top view, it's 125,000 light years to get across that. I can't fathom that. What is um, the light travels at the speed of 186,000 miles per second, 11,160,000 miles per minute. And six hundred sixty-nine thousand six hundred. No, start six hundred sixty-nine million six hundred thousand miles per hour. Is how fast light travels, and it would take light one hundred and twenty-five thousand years to get from there to there. I can't wrap my mind around that, but yet God created it. The Hubble Space Telescope is a, a t- space telescope that was launched many years ago, and it, it orbits our Earth. This is an actual photograph. And see all those little blurry-looking star things there? Those are galaxies. I'm trying to go back, but it's not me there. That's that. That's one of those, a galaxy. But each one of those is a galaxy. One, one of the Hubble uh, photographs which is just astounding to me, contain 10,000 galaxies. Ours takes 126,000 light years to travel from one end to the other. And there's over 10,000 of them out there. Actually, that was just in one photograph. Carl Sagan tells us that there's billions of of them out there. Now you understand science is, it's our current understanding of what we think. Because the science I was taught in, in high school It's not the same science that we believe today because we have a greater understanding of it. This is another image. These These boxes right here are blown up on the sides and those little things that are circled there, they claim, this is not science class. I'm building to something here. They claim those are remnants of the big bang. When God spoke it into existence and it's moving at a fast pace, but they took those a few years ago and they think that's what that is. This is another photograph by, by Hubble. It looks like a, an artist rendering, doesn't it? This is an actual photograph by the Hubble Space um, Craft Telescope. It's called the Pillars of Creation. From the bottom of the large one to the top is four light years in length. That's how big that is, way, way out there. And they call it the pillars of creation because creation is still happening inside those pillars. There are stars being formed. That that bright thing right there is a newly formed, relatively newly formed star. Isn't that amazing? And God did all that? I think God was careless when he said, let there be light. And he started creating everything because he didn't say to stop. It just keeps going and going and going. Creation is still taking place. Now, I don't, I don't understand. I, I, you know, I believe every word of the Bible. I believe every word. He said he did it in six days. I believe it. I don't know what he meant by it. I don't know if it's a literal six days or if it was a a, a, year is a, a day is like a thousand years. I don't know. I don't understand. Doesn't matter to me. He said it's, it's the infallible word of God. I believe it to be true. I believe everything that he said, but it doesn't mean I understand it. the wonder of worship. Why do we worship? What do you think it sounded like? They talk about the big bang theory. What do you think it sounded like when God took out of nothing and created all this? Big bang, I don't doubt it a bit. I don't know. They even say it's a theory. How many of you believe that God created the heavens and the earth? And he did it just as he said he did. You think about man can't create a perpetual motion machine. You know what those are? Perpetual motion machines. It's a device that runs off of its own energy and runs perpetually. With all of man's wisdom and knowledge and intellect, he can't create that. I used to, as a kid, I used to, I used to lay in bed and man, if I could create a petrol motion machine, I'd be a millionaire. That's back when a million dollars was a lot of money. But you look at a, watch a, an ultrasound and listen to that heartbeat. Man can't create that. It can last for 80, 90 a hundred, who knows, there may be somebody in this room that their heart will beat for 120 years. God can't, we we can't do that. God did. He does it every day. Sometimes I see an insect and I'm just astounded that, you know, it's, it's, it's the gnat is so, it's so, ugh, I hate gnats. But God created that. And what's going on inside that gnat? to make it be able to fly its little organs and all those little things. It's astounding to me, but he created that. I don't doubt the word of God. I believe that, um, well, I heard, I heard a few years ago that um, our, our intellect doubles every, what, two years? what man's knowledge, the compiled knowledge is about two years. And I read two studies this week, one from Eastern Georgia State. I realized Jeff, Georgia, they probably don't know much over there. But it says that scientific knowledge, KJ and Debbie aren't here, I can say that. Scientific knowledge doubles every 11 to 12 hours. Our medical knowledge doubles every 73 days what we know. And that last study is the National Center of Biotechnology Information, from part, which is a division of the NIH. Pastor Jabin told us last week of a study in Harvard. Some of the brightest minds in the world took them 75 years to determine that it's not good for man to be alone. The brightest minds in the world, 75 years, So you think about any any given subject, whether it be medicine, science, whatever it is, think of the volumes that have been written on on those things. How could God explain to us in a few short sentences verses, how he created all of that? Our, Our finite minds, even with all of our knowledge, can't understand it. We have theories, but we don't know. Hubble telescope is showing us things that um, are are out there, but we've never been there. We can't get there. Not in a million lifetimes can we get there. Anyway, just astounding to me. I'm not slick like Pastor Javen is, but I will get there. This thing is, there we go. There are two fundamental reasons why we worship. The first one is that God is worthy. And you can say God is faithful. He is, but because of God is faithful, God is worthy. I have skipped around already. Let's go to Hebrews 10, 23, 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward the love and good deeds. And giving not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day of our the day approaching in the new living translation says, let us think on ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his turn of his return is drawing near. Now, let me take a little sidetrack here. What we've gone through in the last year and a half I'm going to say it and I hate to say it, but it's unprecedented in in the modern church. The enemy has tried to divide us. If it's not this, it's that. If it's not that, it's the other thing. Tried to literally separate us, keep us apart. Thank God we've been able to stay together. Thank God for technology at the right time, that we were able to stay connected, I, 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 our online community has turned into something completely different than what it was a year and a half or two years ago. And we, we happen to be at, at the right place at the right time to be able to uh, use that opportunity to, to reach a completely different crowd at times. So I thank God for our online community. I, there, are, there are folks that are still somewhat vulnerable to, to the virus, that it's their lifeline. To the church, they can't come and sit here with us. It's not wise for them to come in here and sit. My dad hasn't been to church in a year and a half because he's of that age. And he has those new word I learned last year, comorbidities. It's just not not wise for him. So I thank God for our technology. So what I'm about to say is nothing about the opportunity to stay home and be safe. But don't fall into a pattern. It is important that we come together. And we're going to learn today why it's so important for us to come together. Oh, back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, how can one person chase a thousand of them and two people put 10,000 to flight unless their rock has sold them, unless the Lord has given them up? One person put a a thousand, two can put 10,000 to flight. How is that possible? How many of you know what a draft horse is? Somebody told me it was one that was on tap, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> a draft horse is this. It's a big workhorse. My dad would be ashamed that I didn't know that, but I didn't know that. But a workhorse, a draft horse, and one of these draft horses can pull up to 8,000 pounds. That's a, lot. that's a lot of weight. So two of them can pull 16,000 pounds. But if you team them together, something called synergy happens and they can pull 24,000 pounds just by working together, synergy. The equation for that is one plus one is greater than two. Power of agreement. When we come together, we're coming into agreement with one another, amen? It's what we're doing. But now coming together in itself, is not the power of agreement. Because how many of you like sports? You can put your, I know you're tired. You can put your hand down. She didn't get home to one thirty because she loves sports. But you go to Williams Bryce stadium and, or Clemson, either one don't want to offend anybody. And you got 74,000 people in there. People are coming in and, the, the players are, they've been down doing their warm-ups on the field. And you got 74,000 people in the stands and people are, they're talking and some are eating their concessions. Some are sitting down on their phone and the players go in the locker room and you know, it's everybody's together, but they're not in agreement. And then sandstorm starts and you can feel it change or the Clemson rag begins and, and the players go up and they rub Howard's rock and rub down the field. Everybody comes into agreement. You can sense something changing in the atmosphere. It's not a spiritual thing, though some may differ. It's not a spiritual thing, but it's a principle, the power of agreement. It's a real thing. You don't have to believe in Newton's law for it to be true. You step off of a 10 foot building, eventually, you're going to go splat whether you believe it or not. So, just coming together is not it. Cause you can go to another stadium, watch your team play in a visitor stadium. And the same thing happens, something similar. They have their their fight song and the people come together and they cheer as their players come out on the field. But you're not in, you're in agreement with it. You're hearing it, you're witnessing it, but you're not You're not a part of it. You, you don't like my horse, do you? <laughs> Laughing at my horse. Um, bear with me for a second I've talked so much I skipped half my thing here Lady, you hold that one for me for a second I'm kidding But just coming together is not going, to, not going to put us in agreement. We come together because we worship a holy God. Amen. That's what brings us together. But now there's something that unique happens as well. We're not just coming together and being in agreement. We're coming into agreement with God. Because that's what's happening in heaven. Go back to the horses here. The power of agreement brings us together we can do more than what we can do individually. But yet if those two horses were to train together, not just come together, but train together and work together, not 24,000 pounds, but 32,000 pounds they can pull. Same two horses, they come together and they're in agreement, but yet they train together. They, They show up every Sunday. They show up at our discipleship things. They pray together. They have small groups together. It doesn't take this group up here very long on a Wednesday night to come together and come into agreement and to come in one accord. Some of your small groups, Debbie Lewis and KJ talked last week about small groups. If they have a need in their small group, it doesn't come. It doesn't take long for them to come together and come into agreement because they've trained together. Amen. But now we're going to take a look at even deeper. Worship brings us into agreement with God. What do you think is taking place in heaven? Then this is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is is worshiping. They're in constant adoration of God. Think about this for a second. When you come into agreement with God, our mindsets come into agreement with God's mindset. Our perspectives come into agreement with God's perspective. Our reality into agreement with God's reality. With God's reality, all things are possible. We have to be careful what we come into agreement with, fear, depression, anxiety, doubt, unbelief, small-mindedness, etc. When we come into agreement with those things, we are, they have authority in, over us, and they, be, they become the lens in which we see life. If you come into agreement with fear, all of your decisions will be fear-based. But if you give up those, those smaller, lesser realities and come into agreement with God's reality, God's dreams and God's thoughts, faith, hope, love, joy, peace, all things are possible. The earth needs to start doing what they're doing in heaven. Heaven is in perpetual adoration of God. Unity is a precursor to breakthrough. I wonder what would have happened in the upper room had they been able to come into agreement quicker. I wonder if they would have had breakthrough quicker and not had to tarry so long. That's just a thought. That's not biblical. Just just put that out there. Unity will bring glory, but not unity in itself. God's response to our worship is to release his Glory. We want to come into agreement with God. We want to come together. Where's Terry at? Terry. <laughs> Second Corinthians thirteen eleven tells us to be like light minded and live in peace. Philippians two and two says. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, unity, united in spirit, intent, and one purpose. 1 Corinthians one ten. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and have no divisions among you. Romans 15.5. May God grant you to be of the same mind and of... And with one another in according to, to Christ Jesus. Romans 15:6, that you, with one accord, lift, a, lift one voice to glorify the God. Acts 5:12, they were all in one accord. There's, there's a hundred scriptures where God talks about coming together and being unified. If we come into this place and we're not unified, we have nothing. But if we come to this place and we're unified one with another, and then we become unified with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Your life can be full of joy. Healings can happen. You can have peace and, and contentment in your, in your family and your home. I was gonna read, read a, a, ver, a chapter in Revelation where it talks about the glory of worship in heaven but I wanted to give some context. I went back to the first and I started reading there. There are seven letters to the churches. I'm not going to read all of them. That would take too long, but I want to read some here. This first part is the vision of the son of man. It was the Lord's day. It was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. God sent an angel to give a revelation of Jesus Christ to John. It said, write a book, everything you see, and send it to the seven churches in the the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the seven lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were like white, like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand. And his tongue was a sharp two-edged sword in his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand upon me. He said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in the grave. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will come. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. He writes this to the church of Ephesus. I know all the things that you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are the apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered from me without quitting. But I love this but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me like you once did. Now how far have you fallen? look back to me and do the works that I have that you did at first if you don't repent i will come and remove your lampstand from the place along the churches but this is in favor of you you hate the evil deeds of the Nicolotians just as i do he said to this this in the church in smyrna i know you are suffering I know of your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogues belong to Satan. Don't be afraid of of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you in prison and test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone who hears with ears must hear and listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Now this is where He talks about worship in heaven. Stand to your feet with me for a moment. In Revelation 4, Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven and the same voice I heard before spoke to me with a trumpet blast and the voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstone, like Jasper and Carmelian And the glow of the emeralds circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold Spirit of God in front of the throne. With a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these beings was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out day after day and night after night they keep on saying holy, holy, holy is the Lord God the almighty the one who always was who is and who is to come whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne the one who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting at the throne the one who lives forever and ever And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, O God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created whatever you please." Somebody give the Lord praise today, because He is worthy. That's why we worship Him. Let's come into agreement with one another. Let's come into agreement with God today and lift up the holiest of praise.
0: If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccambin.com. Go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word PRAYER to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we... Can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.